Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of the RDO podcast. Now, just an early warning, we're going to have to have a short, sharp episode today. I ran late this morning, unfortunately, so uh, and we've got some appointments set up for the day, so we'll get straight into it. And I'm now, sweating like a freaking pig. Yeah, because you've been trying to get ready for set appointments yeah. as well. Uh, did you did you have something in particular that you want to start with? Because I've only got one topic that I want to speak about today. Yeah, I, I want to tee off, on a tee off hard mm-hmm. on something nerdy. I bought my first NFT this week. Yep. Okay, which was very exciting. Um, I bought it off. I bought it because I really liked the piece, and it was effectively a trial because a friend made one. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's it's off her collection, and I wanted to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. That was a big part, and and I wanted to talk to her to see how she received it and how it, like how it works to her end. Mm-hmm. Now that brings me to another subject, which is, uh, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on this podcast before. But I reinvested my Vanguard uh, dividends, dividends mm-hmm. back to buy more um, more shares, mm-hmm. and it was a shit fight. It took me a week to get it, right? Because five hundred dollar minimum mm-hmm. has to be at exact units. Yeah, has to factor in the fee. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. It takes you two days to get the money in every time you want to get the money in. Yeah, and in that meantime, I had done so much crypto trading. It wasn't funny. Mm. Which brings me to my next point. If this is a warning, this is a shout out, so I can definitively put it here, mm-hmm. even though it's too late, like in terms of people that know me, have known I've been saying this for a long time, but if you don't, if you haven't dabbled in crypto yet, mm-hmm. you are the equivalent of the person in 1994 saying, oh yeah, I don't, I don't care much for that internet thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the hype, forget the price of Bitcoin, forget all of that, all of those things. Forget everything that you hear from your friends. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, get to know how to use it Mm. because you'll need to. Mm -hmm. Now, from a financial point of view, forgetting the prices of the assets, right? Yeah. I worked out, like I'm getting, I told you I'm staking on Binance. Yep. It's making me, at worst, six bucks a day. Yeah, right. Interest, right? Yeah. Um, for twenty nine thousand dollars worth of assets mm-hmm. staked, which is uh, I worked it out, it's seven percent. Yeah. Okay. So seven percent per year yield. At its worst, mm. it has paid me twenty five dollars a day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. For twenty nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if you put twenty nine thousand dollars in a bank right now on a terms uh, like term deposit, mm-hmm. how much would you get? You're probably getting one percent if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah. Probably a fraction of one percent. Mm-hmm. And the excuse that I keep hearing from people that I tell on my network, oh I don't have enough money. You can start with a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can start with fifty bucks. And that's one of the best things about crypto as well, is you can start with however low amount of money you've got. The idea is to break loose from this preset institutions that are there. Mm-hmm. So now I'm no, I, I, I'm no expert mm-hmm. because out of that NFT purchase, I was able to purchase it, even though it took me 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured out how to get it into my wallet yet. Right. Okay, so I, but I did it because I need to know that thing. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know. Correct. So if you haven't tried anything before, how That's do you it. know what you don't know? And I remember very, Quinton was the first person I ever traded Bitcoin with. Right. So that, that is a moment for me that I'll always remember mm-hmm. because it's very different. It's not like... Oh, just do whatever I did on my banking app. Yeah. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. So you need to have those skills at least mm. 
to know what, like, to navigate that space in the future and because it will be the future. And here's something to throw out there too. We all know, so we're, we're in our 30s. Our parents are boomers. Anyone who's in their 30s has had the exact same experience. Every single one of us knows their parents or their parents' friends who cannot do internet banking. Yeah. They just for the life of them don't understand how it works. It frustrates them because they don't know how to use technology and they hate it. That's where you'll be when yeah. you're the same age if you don't get comfortable in the crypto space. Now. Yeah. And if you think that's bullshit, you need to get your sort of ear to the ground and start listening to all the the stuff about the, how nations are trying to create centralized digital currencies. Yeah. Because they know it's the future. They know where it's that that yeah. it's going there, and they want to keep control of it. The whole point of crypto in the first place is to break away from these centralized controlled yeah. uh, inf- infrastructure. So you need to actually get comfortable with it now. With the because what what my concern is and it's probably going to become reality. But my concern is that people will only start to care about it once these centralized digital currencies become a thing and then their government or the media comes out and tells them, all right, this is what we're doing now. Now you've got to get used to it. And then everyone's just going to go and the, the centralized digital currency is going to become the gold standard instead of the Bitcoins of, of the world. I don't want Bitcoin to become the gold... Well, sorry, I think it is the gold standard because it's yeah. a digital gold standard. Yeah. But I don't want it to replace currencies. I think countries are entitled to have, have their own currencies. Mm-hmm. But I think in the future... I think digital assets are going to make anywhere between 30 and 60% of your daily operating. And when you use it, when you start dealing in it, mm-hmm. you will see why. Yeah. The fact that I can trade countless times in the time it takes me to do one traditional trade, yeah. it, it, it's like going from the typewriter to mm-hmm. a computer. Like that's, yeah. that's the leap forward. So you've set up, like, have you ever sent? Crypto? I've never sent it, no. So that's what I would challenge you, yep. is to actually send some crypto to someone to know how the addresses work. Well, to potentially, know the... in May, to bet based on the election, I may have to send you some money or not. Correct. Or That was the crypto bet, wasn't it? That, that was, was a crypto, crypto bet. bet. I try to only make crypto bets now. And because that's what, so, so I said What that, was the other bit that we had? I said that to someone during the week. Coffee. And they said, oh, I don't have any crypto, mate. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're going to get it. Because yeah, you're going right. to lose to me. Yeah. And you're going to send it to me <laughs> in crypto. But... Everyone can set up an exchange, okay? That's yep. step one, mm-hmm. right? So you've got access to it. Yep. Set up your wallet. Yep. Send it to someone. If you if 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 ninety percent of the people who listen to us do that, I will be a happy, 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 happy man. And now's probably one of the best times to do it too, because the markets pull back a little bit. So if you are buying into stuff, you can actually buy back in a little bit cheaper. Okay, so I'm winking, but it's it we're at past the accumulation phase. Right. It's we're going to two hundred grand. <laughs> Bitcoin's gone to 200,000 mm-hmm. US dollars. Yeah. Okay, because it's, it's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening. But forgetting all that aside, in the, I'm looking most forward to, because we, we thought we were going to crash. I was happy if it, was, if it crashed. Mm-hmm. Because now that's when I can, I can start accumulating. That's right. right. I, I can get more knowing that the long-term game. But you need to know what, like how that space works. Because yeah. it's not what you think. And you just practice. Practice with a friend. The beauty of decentralized, you can't piss anyone off. That's right. Because it's just you and your mate. Mm-hmm. Send me crypto. I'll tell you send if I Send me the idea of podcast it. crypto. I'll, we'll put, I'll send you an address. Mm-hmm. If you just put paste it in the... Um, yeah. If you want to practice. Yeah, if you want to practice, support the channel by sending you some crypto. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a Bitcoin address and I won't do Ethereum because the funny thing about the um, gas fees with Ethereum... Mm-hmm. The, uh, the thing I bought was $25 US, mm-hmm. the, the NFT. Uh, it ended up costing me double that because the gas fee was only like 10 cents less than the actual 
fee. So that's a transaction fee. To, to get nerdy, that's a transaction fee. So are NFTs based on the Ethereum blockchain? Uh, there are multiple NFTs on multiple blockchains. Right. So I actually was on the Solana blockchain, mm-hmm. um, and it and it uh, it automatically swaps, hot swaps Ethereum for Solana, mm-hmm. uh, and then trades it. And I'm, I'm that was the thing that I learned. Well, I've got some Solana, so I could have just used Solana. Yeah, right, right. But didn't even think of it. Yeah, and that's why, like, I'm learning too. Yeah, right. But um, and like to give you a, a perfect example of why this is important and why it's such a good idea. So I got a mate of mine who is building a business and is trying to purchase assets for that business. Yeah. And for some reason, every single time he tends to make a purchase, it's last minute on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Which then makes exchanging funds an absolute fuck around. Oh, dude. Because obviously, if you're selling a product and someone wants to pick it up on the weekend, you want to have that cold hard cash in your, in your hand yeah. or in your bank account. Now, in the, in an ideal world, if the traditional banking sector wanted to actually come through to the fucking 21st century, you would send the money and it would instantly appear yeah. in the other person's account. But these institutions still hold and trade that money in the uh, overnight trading markets to make whatever interest they can out of it before they hand it to you. Well, it's beautiful that you said that because last night I tried for my first time um, uh, liquidity pooling. Right. Which is what you said when banks hold your money so that they can um, trade it. Yep. I've just done that. Yeah, okay. So I've added some funds to a liquidity pool. Yeah. So... Every time there's it, it, it goes on a um, uh, what's called a so DeFi is decentralized finance, finance yeah. and it usually means that it's not a com- although I did it through Binance mm-hmm. it goes to a a, 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 a um, decentralized exchange to do it yeah you apply this um uh, this funding there and as people trade you get a clip of the trading fees yeah now I but, only... but the, the difference is that. You you basically have staked that money to then be used for trades, right? Which is why, yes. you're, yeah. So that that is extremely different to f- forget the traditional banking structure. Forget that for just one moment. But just imagine this: this is this is what's happening with a, a traditional bank transaction. You, I'm trying to send money to you, and some third party takes that money holds on to it for either 24 hours if it's a weekday or 72 hours if it's a weekend, Mm. they then use that money to create money out of nothing because it's not money that they owned beforehand and then they pass on to you after multiple days. Mm. That's a bullshit system. Yeah, which and they get the earn. That's right. But the beauty of the beauty of crypto is you're the bank. That's right. You can stake whatever you like and get the earn out of it. It's how it should be. Because you are making the choice to do that. It's made me ten cents in like eight hours. There you go. For and there's fifty bucks in there. Yeah. Like happy days. Yeah. So now I, I'm trying to do the more advanced stuff, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, and we'll all grow into this. Yep. But dead set, it's it's 1994 again. Mm. Can we can we get a feel out of our audience too? Who is engaged in crypto and who isn't? Yeah. Put it in the comments. So if you're if you're engaged, please say yeah, I'm engaged. If you're not engaged and you want to be. Write in the comments, hey, how do I get started? Well, like Alex could... I could, could do another video. Yeah, do a, do a full video on how to actually get started up in crypto. So, Because it is... You're right. It is, it is the future. It is where we're going. And the biggest key is getting as many people comfortable with the system now before it gets hijacked by the traditional power centers, yeah. which is what they're trying to do. That's why they're talking about centralized currencies. Yeah. And the whole... you. You do not want mass adoption of a new 
pillar of society when it, after it's too late. You want it beforehand. You want it beforehand when it's actually usable. Yeah, it's there the, is, it's the same as like um, Facebook, Google owning the internet. Yeah. They shouldn't own the internet, but they do. So here's a real world application example of why we need to do this shit now. Afghanistan, since America did the terrible pullout last year, and I, I, well, I don't even mean... Even more terrible pull in. Yeah, I don't mean terrible in that they shouldn't have pulled out. I mean terrible in the way they handled it. But not only have they they've pulled out, but because they're trying to have this strong arm... Uh, you know, hold over the country. They don't want to be seen to be supporting uh, the Taliban. The Taliban. Mm. So they put a freeze on all their assets. <laughs> so, so who does that affect? The people. Yeah. There has been famines in Afghanistan. They don't talk about it in the news because it's really, it's a really bad thing that the West has done. Yeah. But there are people starving in Afghanistan now. They are worse now after after America pulled out than they were beforehand, but it's caused by America. It's not caused yeah. by the Taliban. So the the uh, Afghani people, a lot of them are looking to cryptocurrencies. Yeah. They're trying to get people to donate them in cryptocurrencies because they can't get access to funds any other way. Well, that happened in um, Venezuela. So that's right. Uh, a lot of the people, like a supermarket, couldn't price their. Goods because they were inflate their their currency was inflating the Boli Bolivari was uh, inflating by ten thousand percent per week. Yeah. Wow. So a loaf of bread would cost could one week cost your whole pension payment. Yeah. So they were what a lot of people were doing was working overseas, getting paid in crypto, and then coming in and paying the shopkeeper in crypto because it yeah. was more stable than what the Venezuelan. Yeah. Um, um, and that's a point that I want to make as well. If you do, if you aren't convinced that crypto is a good idea, listen to the news at the moment, uh, especially America, but Australia's talking about it as well. They're talking about inflation. Mm. Inflation's a massive issue. That's what happens when you print untold amounts of yeah. money for a two-year period to throw it at essentially multinational corporations. Most of the money that was printed didn't end up in the hands of the yeah. consumer, or if it did, it then funneled straight from us straight back to your Pfizer's to your testing companies to the mask companies to, to all these other structures that were already set up uh, even and, and most of it went overseas like look at the rats the rat test we have companies in Australia that produce rats yeah. that we don't buy we we uh, import rats from China yeah and we're like oh there's shortage of rats we've got a fucking company here that, that creates them it's 20 minutes down the road yeah. yeah but we don't support Australian business so that those are all the reasons why crypto is so important so if if the last two years has pissed you off at all Get out of that structure, hedge against inflation, yep. and get involved in the crypto market. Yeah, and you can start with fifty bucks. You can start with twenty bucks. You can start yep. with a hundred bucks. Yeah, but um, you just need to do it. That's right. It's like dabbling on the internet. Yeah, in hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, want to roll on to the next subject just quickly because there is there is a lot going on internationally in regards to COVID restrictions at the moment. The UK was the first company to jump, uh, country. first country to jump, sorry, and remove all restrictions. Yep. There have been many other countries that are following. Yep. Denmark was one. And there was another one as well off the top of my head. Norway, maybe? Yeah, it's one of the scandals. Yeah. So a lot of these countries are starting to jump out. Now, there's two parts to this for me that I want to really dive into. Because I think we made a prediction that is slightly off. Mm-hmm. I, so our prediction that we made was that to move out of the COVID control space, that the distraction was going to be climate change. Yep. I don't think that the climate change is the distraction. I think it's the Ukraine war, Russia, China thing. Yeah, okay. So 
then so we got two things wrong because we w- the, the that is one that I'll, I'll I'll let you explain. The other one yep. was that we thought that Scoman was going to come out now and set us all free to help his bid, but yeah. it seems that he's doubled down. Yeah, I'm I'm retracting that one purely based. We got on it wrong. Yeah, we, we got it wrong. I think that ScoMo has licked his finger, put it up in the sky, feel, felt which way the air's blowing, and they realise that there's enough people still scared of COVID out there that they're going to ride this stuff until the election. Yeah. And then they'll hopefully get their 50% plus one vote yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get into power. So I want you to keep an eye on this. I feel like these tensions around the Ukraine between America and Russia and with China's involvement too... So. To give, to give the, the most briefest layman uh, explanation of what's happening, essentially, America and Russia are at tensions because Russia has stationed troops on the border of the Ukraine and are talking about... In, not, even, not even they're talking about it. America's talking about Russia looks like they're going to invade Ukraine. And the, there's a lot involved in this. One of the key issues is the Belt and Road deal between China and Russia... In which, it's funny, Joe Biden last year when he first gets into office, he shuts down the Keystone Pipeline in America, which therefore meant that America couldn't produce its own oil, Mm. and then gave the go-ahead to the Russian pipeline, and now Russia's looking like it's wanting to share oil with China, so now America all of a sudden is trying to go, hey... Russia's trying to invade the Ukraine. We need to station troops there. Yeah. Which it appears that it's all about destabilizing that Belt and Road program. The Belt and Road program is effectively trade routes that link Africa, Europe, um, Eurasia, China all together. And Australia too. Because don't forget, Daniel Andrews had gone outside the PM and signed a Belt and Road deal with China, which was then vetoed by ScoMo. So it's one of the only good things that ScoMo's done so far. Mm. So there, there's a lot of drum beating, particularly if you take uh, pay attention to America. I haven't watched any news this week yeah, as far as Australian right. news goes, so I don't know what we're talking about. But there's a lot of drum beating in America. They're talking about they've got 8,500 troops on standby to go and potentially be stationed in the Ukraine. Yep. And there's a lot of chest beating going on. It's a lot of the same old military industrial complex bullshit that mm-hmm. we heard around September 11. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same players are coming out too. Like there's, I don't, I can't remember the guy's name, but I've heard clips of there's a general that was basically stoking the flames back then about the weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Literally all of a sudden he's been wheeled out on like CNN and stuff like that oh, in interviews. Okay. Like, haven't heard from this bloke in 20 years. Because he was wrong. Because he was wrong. Mm. And now all of a sudden, we're wheeling him out and going, oh, yeah, look, it's, it's really, really bad and we need to be prepared for war. I think this is going to be the distraction. Okay. And what's really interesting out of this is uh, you would have heard on the news Australia pulling diplomats and their families out of the Ukraine. America doing the same thing. In the, the EU is literally saying, hey, can you guys shut the fuck up? There is nothing going on. So Ukraine themselves is saying, you guys are making this out to be way worse than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. So it's, it's not even like, it's not even a black flag. It's purely a media flag. Yeah. It's trying to elicit a response mm-hmm. of the people to do the things that they want to do in the future. That's right. So, mm-hmm. so think about... Seeding the... Um, That's right, the planting seeds. Yeah. And so think about the... the oh, we need to talk about Palaszczuk's anchoring thing that... He, Yes. Yeah, we'll have to come back. 
Think about the control mechanisms they've used on us as a population over the last two years. It has been fear of an invisible enemy or an invisible uh, threat. Mm. And therefore, you all need to do this stuff to keep yourself safe. Mm. Well, the next thing is going to be fear of an old enemy because we're trying to stoke all this anti-Russia sentiment. Mm. And with the Belt and Road deal, it's not just Russia, it's Russia and oh, we can't let Russia and China get involved with each other. These two traditional enemies of, of the West. Mm. It's a lot of fear stoking. And I feel like this is, go- this is the pivot that they've realised the COVID stuff's over. We need to pivot to something else to move past that. Well, I'll tell you why I'm still on the climate bus. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, and look, the same could be said for my argument, but there's always been tensions Mm -hmm. somewhere that has been hyped. Agreed. I don't think climate's going away. Yeah. At all. Well, it depends who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, it is going away. I just feel like climate is going to be... It's, it's still in the pocket. It's still available there to be used. I just don't think that it is something that is instantaneous enough to instantly pulls people, pull people's attention away from COVID and all the mistakes that they've made to something else to sort of cover their tracks. Yeah, America does need to find another war. Uh, not a good track record if you really think about their... No. They've taken a lot of L's. Uh, yeah. And the one that they claim that they won, it's not, well, they came in... Quite conveniently. World War Two would that be the last one that they won? Um, yeah, really, realistically, well, yeah. I mean, like, I guess you could argue the Cold War, but... I mean, World did War... Did they win it? World War Two. what, what oh, most yeah, people... Knocked, knocked over the USSR, I suppose. Yeah, but what most people don't even realise about World War Two is the people who took the bulk of the casualties fighting on the right side of history were the Russians. Oh, yeah. The Russians, like, were involved well before the Americans got involved. And they took massive casualties. I think they took two or three times more casualties than anyone else involved in that yeah. war. So but that was the resource they had, was, was men. Was men, yeah. Mm. So if we want to be celebrating anyone from World War Two, ironically, we should be celebrating the Russians. <laughs> uh, but this brings me to a very, very interesting story which, again, I do feel is a bit of a seed-planting thing, so this will segue through to your Palaszczuk. Yeah. So, where, where we stand now with COVID, now Australia is a little bit different, we're a little bit backwards, we're still going to keep flogging this dead horse probably until May because of the election. However, you look at the countries overseas, the UK has got rid of all restrictions, we don't talk about it on our media yeah. over here. Norway, I believe, is one, and obviously Sweden's had no restrictions ever. Ever. Yeah. Now, here's a story for you. Germany says months of tyranny against unvaccinated caused by a software error. So this is the seed planting, guys. So they've used modelling throughout the entire pandemic to scare people into believing that COVID was going to be way worse than it was. And they... Actually, let's bring up your anchoring point now because it's so super relevant. Jason called it months and months and months ago where he said the government throws out these... uh, these stats, these uh, models, uh, predictions. models, predictions that are so outlandish, right? And then whatever they achieve, because it's so much lower than the modelling data, they stay claim like, look how good we are. That's right. It justifies all the decisions they've made. Yeah. So she literally did it again. Yes. Yesterday, she posted up on, on Twitter, look how good we've done against the model. Mm-hmm. And I went into the comments to see like what the vibe was. 
a lot of people like, oh, you need new modelers. But it was exact. It, it was it was a pinpoint play of what Jason had predicted. He's like, watch this. Throw some insanely high number. Yeah. Instill the fear in us about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Achieve whatever. Whatever it was going to happen already, yeah. you achieve. Yeah. And then say, we did that. We, we're the result of That's that. That's right. It justifies everything yeah. you've done. So to give you the real, the full tweet. So she said, modeling shows three weeks ago, we were bracing for 5,000 hospital beds to be occupied. Right now, there are fewer than 1,000. We expected around 500 beds occupied in the ICU. At the moment, it's just above 50. The signs are encouraging. Thanks, Queensland, for helping slow the spread. Now, let me ask you this. Modelling from three weeks ago, what have we done, or what has the Queensland (laughs) Government done, in the last three weeks to drop the 5,000 hospital beds down to 1,000? What have we done in the last three weeks? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) We've literally done nothing. So there's been, obviously, the rollout of uh, vaccines for kids 5 to 11. They weren't going to hospital beforehand anyway. Yeah. They've literally done nothing. And state the claim. And they, and they showed the images. They showed the, yeah, the graph, like, this big spike in the graph, and then what we've actually done. And it's That's right. So we expected around 500 beds occupied in the ICU. At the moment, it's just above 50. That is a 10x difference. And they've done nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Hey, this which is another example of the virus doing all the heavy lifting. That's right. But this brings up the next point. Remember back when Omicron first kicked off and it started in South Africa? And the South African doctors were all screaming at the top of their lungs. Omicron is a milder version. Everyone that we are seeing is having far uh, less significant illness than with the Delta strain. Stop freaking out over this. But every day we're like, oh, we just don't know. We just don't know how that... We we don't know. That was back at the start of November. Yeah. And again, what did we use Omicron to justify? We used Omicron to justify new mandates on school teachers, on... uh, Correctional service workers. Bringing back masks. Childcare. Bringing back masks. The booster. The boosters, yeah, because we've used it as a spooky tactic. to, Like, so what have we done? That's the question I want to ask you. Anyone who is a Queensland government lover, Anastasia Palaszczuk apologist, what has she done in the last three weeks to reduce the ICU capacity, ICU usage by 10 times what what was predicted three weeks ago? Was it, is it anything to do with government policy yeah. or is it just bad modelling? And this happened right since the beginning. Well, it's not bad modelling. It's perfect modelling. For, it depends who you are. If it you're the depends government, who you ask. That's right. That article did come out because someone asked the modellers what yep. goes on here. I think it was the Victorian modellers asked. Mm-hmm. And they said, how come like these numbers, your models suck? Like They're so far out of it. And the modelling company came back and said, the government gives us a number yeah. that they want us to model to. We model what the government wants us to model yeah. is what, what they said. And they did this right from the beginning. Right at the beginning, in I think it was March 2020, the modelers came out and predicted 150,000 deaths in the first year. We're in our third year now. And let me go to the up-to-date death number on covidlive.com.au. So we're currently at two and a half million cases. Yeah. And we are at... You have to scroll down a fair way now to find deaths. Is that because the number's so big? It's like... So the data that it takes to get there, the wind up. Uh, because I've stuck in a whole bunch of other stuff about doses. Hold on. Oh, here we go. We're at 3,632 deaths with COVID. In, and we're in year three. That's, that's not 150,000. No, it's not. 
And remember, that 150,000 was supposed to be in the first year. So by year three, we should have had 300,000 deaths from COVID. But again, if you anchor up at this bullshit high amount, you literally justify any decision they've made. And that's what they've done. So this article about Germany, super, super interesting, which is, and Alex is just checking if the deployment's writing. So Germany says months of tyranny against unvaccinated caused by a software error. After months of attacking the unvaccinated for refusing to get the COVID vaccine, Health Minister of Germany, Karl Lauterbach, said that the pandemic of the unvaccinated was actually due to a software error. Back in November 2021, news outlets reported on the fast increasing number of COVID cases in Germany's second largest city, Hamburg. The figures grew from an initial 111.6 infected people per 100,000 to 160 per 100,000 in a span of a few days and at the end of November showed 209.2 per 100,000 and as high as 232.3 per 100,000. So you're looking at doubling your mm. numbers. According to the National Pulse, the drastic increases in new COVID cases pushed authorities to implement COVID measures, i.e. what happened over here, yeah. Omicron, the threat of Omicron, we brought in new mandates. Authorities said that only vaccinated or recovered, called 2G status, so not 5G yet, <laughs> <laughs> may enter shops, restaurants or clubs. Authorities also ordered the unvaccinated to limit social contact. Following the new set of rules, Mayor Peter Schencher said they observed an increase in COVID vaccine acceptance. Oh, funny that. Mm. Which they believed was the only way to end the pandemic. Now, it begs the question, did all these restrictions get put in purely to increase vaccine acceptance because they thought that was the only way to end the pandemic? Well, um, if they're not saying it, I mean... The Australian government's quite happy to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They'll outwardly say as long as nothing can stop our vaccine rollout. Yeah. Meanwhile, an investigation by the... I'm not even going to attempt that name. <laughs> and Welt newspapers revealed that the COVID numbers in Hamburg's social services departments were inaccurate. Furthermore, they found that in most cases, they didn't even know who was vaccinated and who was not, <laughs> the report said. But authorities continue to classify those with unknown status as unvaccinated, resulting in 70% of positive cases having unknown status. Well, that was the same as Peru, right? Peru, could, uh, they didn't mm-hmm. trust the, uh, the stats. So they said anyone that died that never got a test was yeah. automatically mm-hmm. positive. By the end of December, the mayor said that the misclassifications were due to the deployment of different IT systems that used varying classifiers. Now, you're only two years into a pandemic. You probably shouldn't have been able to figure out which Excel spreadsheet to use by now. On January 17, Health Minister Karl Lauterbach explained, With the situation in Hamburg, I can claim without a doubt that the problem was in the automatic classifier of the software. The problem is solved now, and it was a mistake and was not done on purpose in order to largely blame the unvaccinated for the pandemic. On Monday, however, Germany announced that it will extend its COVID pandemic measures in response uh, to the spread of the Omicron variant. Now, Alex's appointment has just arrived, so I'm going to wrap this up real quick, but I just want to finish this article off for you. Uh, So Chancellor Olaf Scholz said that following a discussion with the heads of the federal states, they agreed to extend restrictions such as limiting private gatherings to 10 people and requiring vaccine passports or negative COVID test results to enter restaurants. Germany reported 63,000 new COVID cases on Monday, up to 86% higher than what was reported a week ago, as per the Robert Koch Institute for Infectious Diseases. Lauterbach said that the spike in COVID cases is expected to peak by mid-February. According to the Helsinki Times, the IFO Institute has found that in Germany, nearly two-thirds of the excess mortality attributable to COVID was among patients aged 80 and above. 
Moreover, 30% of COVID deaths were among people aged 60 to 79. Deaths among the younger age groups accounted for only 7% based on data from 2020 and 2021. And also consider that is 7% of people who died with COVID, not essentially from COVID. By the end of 2021, 96,200 people uh, more people had died since the outbreak of the pandemic than would have been expected under normal circumstances. That means the number of additional deaths attributable to the pandemic is lower than previous estimates suggest. So one thing I want to say on that before we wrap up is that is an excess death and excess mortality number, which doesn't necessarily mean that they died of or with COVID. It just means that that many people died above what would normally be expected in that period of time. Now, one thing that we've seen in Australia and you've seen it all around the world is the cancelling or delaying or blocking of different other medical procedures. So I had a very good example in 2020, which is when I had my newborn son and he would get sick and we would attempt to go to the doctors. And if he had any COVID symptom at all, they would refuse to see him unless he had a PCR test. I'm sure that is uniform across the rest of Australia for people of all age groups. So how many people did not get medical attention that they required just because of these rules, because of COVID. So they didn't necessarily die from or with COVID, but they died because they had a medical condition that wasn't addressed. I know that there has been breast screening delays. There have been, you know, every every test that everyone has normally uh, gone and gotten to maintain a healthy lifestyle and make sure that they don't have anything. Or if they do, get it early because, hey, early treatment's really, really important. All of these things have been pushed back due to fear around this pandemic. And if you look at the numbers out of the UK, there was a Freedom of Information Act request that came out and stated that the total number of people who died from COVID in the UK with no other comorbidities was only 17,000 people in the last two years. And they're reporting at something like 170,000 deaths from COVID. So it's 10 times less. 17,000 people in a two-year period. For a country that's got, I think their population somewhere around 80 million off the top of my head. In Australia, we've got 25 million people. We've had 3,600 deaths with COVID in the last two years. We have 150,000 people per year that die in this country. So pay attention. I do believe that this war, potential war in the Ukraine is going to be the distraction. I believe that we're going to continue this charade for at least a few more months until the election, purely based on the fact that ScoMo wants to do that. But it will be over sooner than you'd think. So anyway, I might leave it there, guys. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you next RDA.